Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long, but it keeps us in God's Word, helps keep us focused on our spiritual lives, on our strength and faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and upon our spiritual well-being or lack thereof. We always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You may help turn a life around. You may help somebody come to God. You may help somebody get to heaven. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. What a blessing it would be for you to help somebody grow in their faith and get to heaven, but it would also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to continue in our line of thought and study talking about God is the God of second chances. Do you need a second chance in life? Do you need a second chance with God? You know, the whole idea of repentance is a change of mind that, understood within that technical definition, is a change of mind that leads to a change of life. We've been talking about the prodigal son, that parable account that Jesus laid out for us in Luke chapter 15, and how this young boy, after asking for his inheritance from his father early, took what he had received from his father and then went off to a far country and wasted all that he had in wasteful living. Prodigal living is the technical term, but it means wasteful. He just wasted it. And then being in that far off country, far away from his father's home and that home where he grew up, he found himself growing into destitution. A severe famine arose in that particular land and he was out of money and he was out of food. He, I guess, was hired in some way. There's no indication that he actually received any money from a farmer in the area who had pigs. And so he let this boy feed the pigs for him. Now, as we've emphasized, undoubtedly, this young boy was raised in a Jewish home. And under the Old Testament law of Moses, pork or the meat that comes from pigs, is considered unclean. And yet he found himself feeding the pigs. He basically went from a life of ease and prosperity for, through his father's wealth to being in the pig pen. Yep, that's how he sunk. That's as low as he went. But he did come to himself, the text tells us. He came to his senses. He realized the mistakes he had made, and he said to himself, I'll go back home. I'm hungry. Pig food looks good to me, but there's no indication that he could even eat that. I'll go back home. I'll ask my father. First, I'll say, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Would you just hire me? Put me on as a servant, because he realized the servants in his father's home had plenty to eat. And so he did exactly that. But we noted that when he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And so we might, from a human perspective, wonder, well, what should be the response of his father? The boy asked for his inheritance impetuously with little regard for his father's well-being, asked for it early while his father was still alive, 
and now he's wasted it all, and he's coming back, and he's seeking some grace from his father. Should his father even talk to him, let alone receiving him back? Oh, the father ran to meet him. And of course, the this particular parable is meant to illustrate our relationship with God. God being the father, the young man being us, because we always make mistakes, and we need second chances from our heavenly father. Well, the boy's father ran to meet him, and he did tell him exactly what he had planned to tell him. I've sinned against heaven and before you. Please just make me a servant. I don't need, I don't, I'm not worthy of being your son any longer. But the father would have none of that. He hugged him, he embraced him, he kissed him, he told his servant, bring a robe and put up on him, put a ring on his finger, put sandals on his feet, and kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a feast. We're going to make merry. My son was dead and he's alive again. The idea being he was lost and now he's found. Well, again, that father and that portrayal is meant to represent God, our father. We're the young boy. We always are making mistakes. Even after becoming Christians, we still make mistakes and we always need second chances. God is portrayed in that particular story as a God who runs to meet the repentant. We also noted that he's a God who waits because the text tells us that he was waiting for his son to come back. Interesting, isn't it? God waits for us. Second Peter 3 and verse 9 says that God is long-suffering toward us, patient in other words, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. He's waiting for us to come to him for the second chance that we need individually and personally in our lives. And we do need a second chance from God. God is also a God who stays. God who stays. Now think about it. God never, well, there is a point in some texts of Scripture that talk about, and particularly in Romans chapter 2, the second half of that chapter, where some people sink so deep into the muck and mire of sin, their mind is turned against God, turned away from God, closed toward God, that there comes to be a point when God gives them up, it seems, gives them up to unrighteous living, to all of the consequences thereof. But the point that we need to understand is that as long as we will come to God in forgiveness, seeking that sec- uh, in, in repentance, seeking forgiveness, a second chance, God will always give that to us. He's a God, he's a God who stays. He never gives up on us as long as we don't give up on him or as long as we still have that mindset that I can repent. I can come back to God. I can ask for forgiveness. I can seek that second chance. Even if we give up on ourselves, God is still there for us. He is eternally optimistic that we will come back. He's waiting for us. Think of that father in that story. Maybe the image being he's standing on the back porch. He sees his boy walking down the the road way off. He recognizes him. He's been waiting for him. He stayed there 
giving the boy the opportunity to come back, and he ran to meet him. He forgave him. He restored him to his position as his son. God stays to help us through the long maze of a journey from heaven to earth. He has promised in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 that he won't allow us to be tempted by any temptation that is so overwhelming that we cannot say no to it, that we cannot work through it, that we cannot overcome it. But the middle of that verse says that God is faithful. Have you thought about that particular statement, that particular characteristic of God, that he is faithful? He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. God is there wanting to be with us as we walk with him. Take heart. His promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. When Jesus was giving the great commission to the apostles in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, he told them to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And then the last statement he made, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age or the world. Amen. God has said, as long as you're walking with me, I will never leave you. Again, Hebrews 13 and verse 5. How do we know God will give us another chance? If we will just come to him for that second chance, he has a great track record. We can look at the accounts throughout the scriptures, Old Testament through New Testament. You can say, in a way, if you want to think of it from a physical perspective, God has a trophy case, a trophy case. And you say, well, what are you talking about? God has a trophy case. Think of all the souls who are saved, all of the souls that will spend eternity with him in his home in heaven, all of the souls who have come to him and then come back to him after they stumbled in the first place. All of the souls that he gave a second chance and maybe a third and fourth and fifth and sixtieth chance. All those souls that will be there with him in heaven for eternity. Each story of those accounts is a remarkable reminder that God gives second chances. We think about Abraham being an example, a character of great faith. And he is. He's portrayed that way in Romans chapter 4 and Romans chapter 5. But we need to remember that Abraham made some big mistakes along the way. He lied. He deceived. He put his wife's well-being in jeopardy a couple of times. Genesis chapter 12, verses 12 through 20. Genesis chapter 12 through chapter 20. But he basically well, he kept coming back to God. He kept trying to walk with God. And God used him as the beginning of the bloodline through which he would send our Lord and Savior into the world. That was the promise. That was the prophecy going back to Genesis chapter 12. 
God used even Abraham, and Abraham needed more than one second chance. But there is another example. As the parable of the prodigal son portrayed, that God is the God of second chances. Do you need to come to him right now for a second chance? He's waiting for you. He's watching for you. He's ready to embrace you with open arms. Will you take advantage of that? He is that God of second chances. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for being so patient with us. Thank you, Father, for being there waiting for us to come to you, even that second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth time. And we keep messing up. But thank you for being that God of second chances. Thank you, Father, for accepting us back when we come to you in repentance and seeking your forgiveness once again. Help us to do exactly that. Please forgive us of our sins, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.